0: most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent his own son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 3. This is the basis for the sermon today. All of us, then, who are mature, should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again even with tears, his glorious body. Tiny black cinders spit from his track shoes as he churned his knees ever higher. But it had been Chris Brasher who set the pace 58 seconds for the first lap, 158 at the half mile mark. And then Christopher Chataway surged to the lead and maintained the pace 3.01 at the bell for the final lap and maintained that lead until the backstretch when Roger Bannister began his finishing kick with about 275 yards to go. Running the last lap just under 59 seconds, the exhausted 25-year-old medical student with eyes closed and mouth agape, huffing and puffing, threw his arms into the air and became the first in recorded history to break the four-minute mile barrier on that gray, golden Oxford, England evening, May 6th, 1954. Amazing. Amazing. And maybe even more amazing, there have been almost 1,500 athletes in the past 66 years who have done the same. And it's likely that among the athletes of our congregation, someone here has gotten close. What's your time in the mile run? If you'd time me, you'd probably need a calendar and not a stopwatch. But even if you're not in very good shape or haven't been jogging every other day, you know what it's like to run around like a chicken with its head cut off because that's the pace of our life today. I don't know too many people who say, oh, I've got plenty of time on my hands. Even retired people report that their calendars are jam-packed. Time management is quite the target for webinars and podcasts. Just ask the young professional who's trying to balance work and home and personal time and the desire to refuel spiritually through worship and Bible study. Just ask the single person who has to do the grocery shopping, oil changes, garbage takeout, cleaning, cooking, and laundry alone. Just ask someone who's wrapped up in schoolwork or seeking a new job or new job performance, or building a relationship, and ask them, what are your plans for the future? And you might hear, future? I'm having a hard time seeing to the end of the week. This fast-paced life we live is exhilarating for some and exhausting for others. But when we get caught up in the mad dash of our life, We can very easily run by what counts the most and lose out, lose sight of the ultimate goal. That's why we're so thankful that we can catch our breath today. Pause over the words of today's second reading, Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 3 where he helps us get a clear view of the past, cope with the present, and look forward with joy, with joy to the future, urging us, press on toward the goal. When we think of what has pockmarked our past, when we think of words that have squirted through our lips, which we wish we could just suck back in seconds later when, after we spewed them, When we think of the people we have hurt, when we think of the opportunities to help others that we've shuttled by faster than the priest and Levite scooting by the injured man in Jesus' story of the Good Samaritan, how can we go on with a smile in our heart and a spring in our step saying, I can't wait for the next week to get underway? The past wasn't particularly picturesque for the citizens of Philippi, the Christians who were living there. Many of them were retired Roman soldiers who had received an award of a piece of real estate in Philippi as severance pay. But service in the Roman legions 20 centuries ago did not necessarily carry with it the integrity and honor of service in the armed forces of the U.S. of A. Many of those retired soldiers had a checkered past, and skeletons in their closet, how would they be able to go on with this embarrassment and even shame about their past? The Apostle Paul writes to them, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Well, what was his model? He says earlier in the letter, whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. He was saying to these Christians in Philippi, yes, you might be embarrassed, ashamed of your past when you look back. But look back also at what God did about your past. Would you like to have that outlook, that refreshed look at life, then, yes, look back and be honest about your past, your past sinfulness. But also look back at the forgiving love of Jesus that flows like a glimmering stream throughout the Bible and right into your heart. That is an unchangeable historic fact. Look back. Look back and see sinfulness, but then look back into the Word of God. And, yes, see Seas parting and city walls crumbling and giants toppling, but especially look back into the word of God and see his enduring drive to wipe your sins away from his sight. That love is yours. That forgiveness is yours. And that's the linchpin for pressing on toward the goal. The apostle put it this way. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. We press on toward the goal by looking back into the words of God and to see Jesus saving love for us. COVID quarantining might feel like house arrest, but at least we're not getting jailed for our Christian testimony. But who would deny that the fast pace of our society today, COVID or not, quarantine or not, that the fast pace of this world in which we live puts and creates mind-numbing pressures on us. Some of those pressures come from outside, deadlines and due dates that we face, Some of the pressures come from inside as we sense our inadequacies, deal with our personal insecurity, and battle the inborn tendencies that play to our weaknesses and tempt us to leave the path of God. With all these pressures from the outside and even from the inside, how are we to go on? With a smile in our hearts and with a spring in our step, I can't wait for the next week to get underway. The present wasn't very pleasant for the Apostle Paul when he wrote this letter to the Philippians. He himself was, was under house arrest in Rome simply because of his testimony about Jesus Christ. He could receive visitors while under house arrest, but his activities and movements were extremely limited and that was not a very joyful situation. To say nothing of the sadness in his heart because there were more and more people who were rejecting the message about Jesus that he had proclaimed. Paul says here in this portion of scripture, As I have often told you before and now say again, Even with tears many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their outlook had taken on the philosophy of the ancient philosophers in Greek culture which is present in present generations. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. I suppose we might think Paul would be tempted to turn his back on people like that and to say to them, well, if you reject Jesus, greet the devil when you see him. Serves you right. But that's not at all Paul's attitude. In fact, just the opposite. Instead, he wept tears over their blind plunge into eternal destruction just as Jesus wept for the people of Jerusalem who were rejecting him. The apostles, as challenged as he was by pressures from the outside and in this difficult situation of house arrest, and as sad as he was about Jesus' jeering that was going on around him, he still could live in joy because none of that changed his status that he had with God thanks to Jesus. And you and I can cope with politicians wrangling like little children and COVID mandates and economic instability when we apply God's consistent goodness of the past to our present reality. It's like planning a trip to a foreign country. You want to be sure that all security measures are in place and to have a safe and enjoyable journey, so you check with people for some advice who maybe have visited that country before, and then you find out things like, keep your eye on your baggage, don't leave it unattended, watch out for crooked taxicab drivers, stay on the main roads, don't drink the water, and that's a good thing to hear, because when you are alert and look out for the pitfalls, you can have a more enjoyable journey and visit. In the same way, the Apostle Paul says, Don't be naive. Look out for the world. Be aware of the realities around you and in your own heart and sinful heart and life. Sure, follow the news if you care to. Keep track of the trends in society. Watch the time management webinars. Listen to the podcasts. But be aware of all the realities and pitfalls out there in the world and in your own heart, around you and inside. And keep in mind that none of that will change your status with God, thanks to Jesus Christ. If you want to have a more enjoyable visit in the 80 or 90 years God gives you to live on this planet, then press on toward the goal. Press on to the goal by Looking out for the world while still applying God's promises to your every situation. Think of all the rapid changes in communication and technology we've seen in just the last couple years. We've had cameras that could broadcast or record our sermons and now we're able, we have HD cameras now in the last couple of years that can help us for higher quality live streaming. And ten months ago, who of us were thinking about Zoom meetings and hybrid education? But here we are. And we've got to know that there will be even more changes in the future. How are we going to look at the future with a positive outlook and joy when it seems so uncertain? How will we be able to go on with a smile in our hearts and a spring in our step, saying, I can't wait for the next week to get underway? You no, know, the future wasn't so bright for the Christians in Philippi. Many of those who were retired veteran soldiers were on a poverty level income. Perhaps they were hoping that the Apostle would write to them to give them specifics on how they could change their situation and make it better. Well, the Apostle Paul says to them, if you could make your situation better, fine, within the bounds of God's gifts and abilities for you. But keep in mind that you won't be able to create heaven on earth. Instead, he writes to them, rejoice that our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Did you notice the apostle says, not our citizenship will be in heaven, he says our citizenship is in heaven. That means the future guaranteed reality of living in heaven has a direct bearing on our current life. If you want a more positive outlook in life, look up to the Lord. The future is bright. Jesus is coming in his glory. And when he does, he'll transform us so that we can enjoy his loving presence without interruption, without distraction, in forever in eternity. You know, of course... That it is a sin to dabble into the future, into things that God does not want us to know or has not revealed to us in the Bible. That would be called the study of the occult. Look out for that. But there is one thing about the future, one reality God wants us to know and to know with certainty. We're going to heaven. Press on toward the goal by looking up to the Lord. Given this physical condition that the Apostle describes in his letters in the New Testament, he describes him dealing with a thorn in his side, whatever physical malady that may have been, it really bothered him. But given that, it's very unlikely that the Apostle Paul would be training to participate in the Olympic Games back in that day or was training to break the four-minute mile barrier. But he did know the track of life and he did know with certainty that at the finish line Jesus would hand him the crown of victory and that's what Jesus is going to hand to you. Press on toward the goal. Looking back into God's word to see and hear all his promises. Looking out for the world and its realities but looking up to the Lord. I can't wait for the next week to get underway. How about you? Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.